Welcome to the Perfecting Your Practice podcast, where we will talk about finance for the healthcare professional and medical practice owner. This series is brought to you by Bankers Healthcare Group, the leader in financing solutions for healthcare professionals. Since 2001, BHG has worked with more than 100,000 licensed practitioners to help them reach their financial goals. Perfecting Your Practice is designed to talk about ways you can invest in your career and practice in order to set yourself up for success. Now here's your host, Keith Grubel, Senior Vice President at BHG. Hey everybody, Keith Grubel coming at you with our series on perfecting your practice for BHG. I have a very, very special guest with us today. I'm really excited to uh, introduce this gentleman. He has obviously been published in many places. Once you hear the name, I think you'll be just as excited as I am to welcome his expertise to the show. So, Gene Marks, thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? I will, Keith. And coming at you, is that how you're starting this yes, off? Yes, that Is that right? Like a, like an old like AM radio host, is that right? Absolutely. Coming at you with the top 40. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me on. Um, so, yeah, my name is Gene Marks. Um, I write every day for the uh, Washington Post, and uh, I write also uh, weekly for uh, Forbes and Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. And I am also a, a small business owner myself. So I have a 10-person company outside of Philadelphia. We do technology and financial management consulting. And uh, not to put everybody asleep, but I'm also a certified public accountant. Sorry to tell that other people that are here are like, yay, certified public accountant. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I am a CPA. It's so funny how finance people get excited about meeting other finance we people. We get very excited about it. It's and then we want to talk, we commiserate with each other and, you know, we talk debits and credits. It's yeah, it's wonderful, it's but I think it adds a lot of value. And a lot of times, younger professionals don't hear enough about finance or Agreed. learning about it. And I think even further on to the career, there's common mistakes that I've been told this and I've heard that. So I'm excited to have you on board because I think your expertise will help us create some clarity around some myths, give some people some good ideas on how to move forward. And one of the big things we like to do is educate our sure. folks, the healthcare professionals, on how they can better manage their finances, yeah. on the tips and tools that they can do to move forward in their career. So thanks so much for joining us. And Speaking about that, tips and tools and starting mistakes, one of the things that I really see often happen is people coming to us a little bit late in the game to look for financing. I think it's good for them to start understanding what are those kind of precursors, what are the red flags that are coming at, and not only as a small business owner, but as a CPA, what do you most commonly see that would be a concern or a time to really start reaching out looking for finance? Yeah, so first of all, you know, I got to tell you, when I meet successful business owners and business people. And I'm not, I'm not just, I mean, managers, freelancers, independent people, people in this industry, you know, they're always Keith looking ahead. You know, I mean, they're never like, they're never like driving their business by just looking in the rearview mirror. So, you know, they're, they're planning. They know what's going to be happening in the next six months, the next 12 months, the next 18 months. They're, they're successful people think that way. They're proactive. They are productive. That's exactly right. And what happens is that, you know, when they're looking ahead and they look at the role of financing in their business, they're thinking to themselves, okay, well, in six months, I'm going to be expanding or I'm going to be getting a new space or I'm going to be... I have a, maybe I have a tax payment due and it's a seasonal business and I might not have cash in, in the bank to do that, but I now know this ahead of time. So I'm going to make plans. That's what smart people do. It's what smart business people do. And, uh, you know, sometimes people that are not experienced in running a business don't do that. Mm -hmm. They make their, they make those mistakes. And then what happens is they, they turn around and they're like, oh my God, I'm short of cash or this wasn't what I was planning. To do. So I got to go and I got to, you know, I got to get financing at that point. You cannot be in any worse position for financing than when you're behind the eight ball like that. You should, you know, the whole reason for financing is it's supposed to, to, to help you grow your business. It's not designed to bail you out of a problem. 
it's funny because I think that that's what most people think of. It's the solution to a problem. And right. They don't see it as the tool to leverage growth or the tool to help them continue expanding and diving more into their marketplace or perfecting their practice a little bit further. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so, so people think that like you know, financing itself is is something that like sort of fixes or puts a bandaid on something, and mm-hmm. it's not. And uh, you know, and, and again, the smartest business I know, the business owners that I know, they're the ones that make investments. And if they need financing to help them with those investments, they do that in advance. So um, I just think it's a really big mistake to just consider financing to be something that's like going to rescue you out of a problem. Absolutely. When it comes to planning in advance and looking at it, how far ahead do you normally think people should be looking? What should be those goals? I commonly tell folks, you know, do a monthly check-in on your finances. Don't make a plan at the beginning of the year and then look back in December going, oh, man, we didn't make it. We didn't get to where we wanted to be. Right. But how often do you recommend checking in with your CPA, with your account, with your financial advisors? So, like, a couple things. So, first of all, and by the way, I wish I could take all this advice myself for my own business. I mean, just because I'm <laughs> Don't saying we it. All? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean I'm actually, like, doing this because I make the same mistakes that everybody else makes. But, you know, for starters, you say about how often should you be looking ahead. I when I meet people that have been around in business for for years for decades, you know they are like like we're right now having this conversation and it's early 2018. Trust me, the people that have been around for a while, they're already thinking about 2019 and 2020. So yep. when you say like how far should I be looking ahead, people that are really you know that really know what they're doing are literally looking that far ahead at least to make sure that they're heading on the right path. Now. Having said that, let's talk about reality. If you're running a small business or you're a freelancer or whatever, you know, at least, you know, you know, you know, 60, 90 or 120 days out ahead is what you should be thinking of doing. And it's not that hard to do. I mean, you know, I, I know as an accountant, you know, it, you know I'm, I'm familiar with just putting together simple spreadsheets where I can look at what cash I have coming in over at least the next two months. I mean, we you know, we know that and and we have a good handle on what our expenses should be over the next two months, three months. So at least if there's any blips that are coming down the road, you know, we know about that in the future. So, you know, what you should be doing is looking a year ahead. In reality, at least a quarter ahead is what I recommend to my clients. Prepare and prevent. Yeah, it really is a matter of preparing and preventing. And, and you know, I'm telling you, it's, it's, there, are, there are not that many unusual expenses that a typical business has. Um, you and I talked sometime before about tax payments or a big number, right. you know, or, you know, or some special purchase that you want to make, but it's not that unusual. Like, you know, and it, it always, sometimes I go there you know, when, when a, when a business owner does fall behind on making their estimates, um, I always have to like raise an eyebrow and saying, well, you kind of knew about this estimate. Then your accountant told you six months ago. So you should really be planning for that. We see that really often also because healthcare, people generally see it's a very, very lucrative business. Right. You're managing a lot of money. It's normal for a practice to be seeing a million, a million and a half dollars to come through on an annual basis. And that's almost eases you into a comfort level because you get accustomed to this. The reality is that most practices, especially small practitioners, if they're not in the office, if they're not able, if a life event occurs, an illness, God forbid, something happens in their life, that disrupts their entire income stream. Right. And that's where really where we step in. There are unexpected expenses, so how do you prepare for them? And one of the things I always say is, you know, it's better to be prepared with the cash flow, maybe setting aside a cushion, managing it, um, maybe investing it. Do you have any advice on that? Yeah, I do. I mean, for, for starters, um, you know, a lot of people that are in the healthcare field don't like accounting. Mm-hmm. I don't like financing. And I listen, it's not what they do. I mean, you know, if you're a really good healthcare provider, <laughs> you do what you do and we do what we do. So, 
the thing is, though, is that um, accounting is a, is a crucial part of your business. So you have two choices. You either learn to like it, at least to the extent where you're going to pay attention to it so that you can start looking ahead, or you find somebody that will do that for you. And you know, if that means shelling out a few bucks a month to, to get an accountant involved or get a CPA to look at your financials or to at least give you some advance warning when things are, are, are going to be coming up, um, that money is really, really well spent, particularly if whatever time that you're not spending doing that, you're out doing what you do really good, which is providing your healthcare services. Providing service, absolutely. So when we're looking at healthcare and we're looking at healthcare finances, I see a number of different options out in the marketplace as far as financing opportunities for healthcare right. professionals. I try to educate as much as I can on kind of leveling out that landscape and providing some clarity there. Right. Obviously, the commercial working capital loans are essential to any business. I tell people cash is the lifeline of any business out there. Any advice that you have on what kind of lenders, what kind of loans, what to look at when you're shopping for a lender? So, first of all, the, one of the great things of being around today, as opposed to the recession 10 years ago, is that uh, there, there are a lot of alternatives that we have here, a lot of options, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, traditional banks are a great option for, for certain for certain types of people that want to get financing from a traditional bank. I mean, there is, um, you know, you will be required to do a little bit more paperwork. You might have to wait a little bit longer. You might have to put up some collateral, but by all means it's it's certainly a good it's certainly a good option but there are non-traditional there are alternative lenders that are out there that can be more suitable to your business and one of the big trends that I'm seeing Keith is I'm seeing a lot of people in the financial world not only institutions but 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 other companies that are specializing so you know listen if you're a healthcare professional and uh, you know a, a patient comes into your office and they start they have heart problems well you probably send them to a cardiologist or to a specialist Absolutely. because that's what people do they specialize well really good people in the financial services businesses are figuring that out and they're specializing they're specializing on specific industries they're specializing on specific types of financings that they give um, so you know I'm telling my clients when they are looking for financing sure you know a traditional bank you may want to talk to if you can qualify but you might find a better level of service a better level of quality um, you know a better level of response um, and people that know your business by going out to um, you know a financer that sort of specializes in your industry and I'm seeing that across all industries not just the healthcare industry. Excellent. So when you're applying for a loan, a lot of people are frightened because they don't know what paperwork they need. How do they put right. it together? When you're checking in and doing normal financial statements, how often do you normally look at and figure, hey, these are the financials that we should be doing. This is the point in time we should be doing them. This is how to be best prepared, if you will, to be able to document the uh, the cash flow of the business. So it's a really good question. So um, first of all, uh, people are like, oh, you got to go to, to get financing. That automatically means you need financial statements, right? So mm -hmm. I'm talking about this from the standpoint of, a, of an accountant. I think financial statements are very overrated. <laughs> you know, yeah, the typical typical accountant will do a financial statement, and it's like you know, six months after the period ended, it's like you know, it's like being like the mortuary business. You know, it's like really that's not even important anymore. And people like to look at, particularly people that are making investments or, or providing you with financing, they want to look at more real time data. So you want to be on top of what your real time data is. It's important that you have a good accounting system. And if you have a good accounting system, a lot of them will provide for you real-time, you know, income statement and balance sheet information that you want to share with your with your banker. The same thing with your financial statements. Sorry, your bank statements as well. Um, your bank statements you should be looking at every month. 
um, and making sure that you are you know familiar with the transactions going through there and maybe having somebody you know uh, an accountant or if you're into it reconcile those you know banking statements as well you should be familiar with those as well those are if you are able to provide to a potential lender uh, your tax returns you know just a you know a, you know an income statement and a balance sheet from your accounting system your bank statements that should be all the information that a lender will need to really make an evaluation for you and to really kind of extend finance. It doesn't mean they might not ask for more information. But, but at least they've got like, a good baseline. Yeah, it's the critical parts that you need. So what's interesting to me is I think people find that to be a really painful process. They think that it's going to take a lot of time. And honestly, a healthcare professional is very busy, especially right. given the current state of the economy, reimbursements going down, the way things are changing for them. They're having to see more patients every day to stay ahead of their business, to keep afloat. Can we give a realistic expectation of how much time should somebody be investing to look over the financials? Too much time is what it is. If you're if you're a healthcare professional and you're busy doing what you're doing to actually do uh, the work, the day-to-day accounting work, the financial statement work that needs to be done. Um, you know, my recommendation is to have somebody else do it for you. Um, there are plenty of bookkeeping services out there. You can find independent bookkeepers. You know, on anywhere from Craigslist to Upwork to other sites like it right. that can help you with the accounting work. Just remember, though, that just because you're outsourcing the sort of day-to-day keeping track of your accounting information to somebody else doesn't mean that you're not taking a look at it at least once a month and understanding the information that's going through there. Well, that's a great question I was going to ask. So how do you check up on the bookkeepers? Are there any two or three major key performance indicators or key numbers that you feel that we should be keeping track of that the healthcare professional should know clear day in, day out? Yeah. So um, if you're a healthcare professional, um, remember you're running a business. You need to be in touch with what your numbers are. You should be on a weekly basis, particularly if you're using an outside person to do your books, getting some type of what's called a flash report. And a flash report is just some basic metrics about your business, just so you can keep your thumb on what's going on. So what's in a flash report? Okay, it's pretty easy. Uh, Cash. You should know what your cash is all the time. Mm -hmm. You should know what your receivables are all the time. And maybe two or three other metrics that you think are important to track, like maybe your year-to-date billings, for example, or uh, the number of billable hours that you've had or something like that. The key thing with a good flash report, though, Keith, is that um, you want to make sure that it's also showing you information from the prior period. So if you say to your bookkeeper, give me the flash flash report and let me see cash on it, but also make sure you're showing me my cash balance from the end of last year. Because I want to know do I have more cash or not? How's I mean, your trend looking? You know, why am I even doing this? You right. know? <laughs> uh, the same thing with like year-to-date revenues. Am I ahead of last year? Am I behind? If, if on your flash report, you've got your receivables due from patients or, or clients. Um, okay, my receivables is this. What was it at the same time at the end of the year or maybe a month ago? Just to make sure there's nothing that's really out of whack. If your numbers are looking consistent and reasonable to what you see going on, that's great. If something seems sort of out of whack, you should know that, and you should know it on a weekly basis, and you can ask your bookkeeper. See questions. where to dive in a little deeper. Right. So again, oh, and by the way, when if you're going for financing and you have like an outside like lender is asking you these questions, you will be a lot smarter in your answers. You know, when a lender asks you, and there was nothing more that gives a lender comfort and and your credibility than being able to answer their questions. You know, in a in an intelligent way, as opposed to saying, "Oh, gee, I have no idea why Absolutely. my receivables are down," or "I don't know why my." Ca- you know, you know, people will start looking at you cross-eyed. So it's, it's very important to stay up to date on those numbers. So staying on that topic of kind of demystifying finance, if you will, and making it easier, if you had one book that you could recommend to a healthcare professional out there to give them a basic ground-level look at finance, at accounting, at an easier way to manage their process, 
what would it be? I actually have a a, a great book that encompasses that and also something even bigger. So um, there is a great book called The E-Myth, and it's written by a guy named Michael Gerber. Um, and it's like a hundred years old, right? <laughs> uh, he wrote it like God, uh, yeah, but yet it's still like a big best-selling business book. And not only does it teach you about finance and accounting in your business, but the whole concept of the E-Myth is how to grow your business. Awesome. And in his opinion, um, you know, your business is really not a really good, valuable business unless you can step away from it and it just runs itself. And so, you know, I realize if you're just a freelancer or just starting out, that's not really possible. But we all have to have those things to aspire to. And uh, the E-Myth really taught me a lot about building something of value. And by the way, in my business, I am nowhere there yet. <laughs> not even near it, but I'm, I'm working on it. Okay? That's it. We keep pushing for yeah, it. Yeah, we keep pushing on it. Podcast right now. What are you following? Oh, I have a lot of different podcasts I'm following, but this is the one. I, I was talking about this one earlier, so I'm going to have to mention this one again here on this podcast. Um, there was a great BBC podcast. It's on Radio 4, really? and it's called In Our Time, and it's been on for, God, decades. And what they do is it's a history podcast. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you the reason why it's good. Uh, it's, it's hosted by the same guy each week, and he has like two or three British professors on from like, and they pick a topic like Alexander the Great or the Great Wall of China or the Gettysburg Address. And for an hour, they'll all squabble about it and, you know, the way British people squabble about things. And it's fun <laughs> to listen to and it makes you a lot smarter. And what I really like the most about it is that when you're done listening to it, it just puts things into perspective. Mm-hmm. So whatever headaches and you know, challenges that you have running your business during the day, it's kind of nice to like step away from the world for an hour and hear about all the headaches that people had back when caesar was running the world you know and it's just again it kind of puts things into perspective for me it's a great it's called in our time it's on bbc radio 4 that's awesome i know that you've been contributing a lot of stuff for bhg um we'll be finding those blogs going up those podcasts coming up as well where else can people find out more about you well uh, best place to find me is uh yeah i write every day at the washington post so if you go and visit and what i do is i follow um i report on any stories um, of interest to anybody running or working for a small business. Excellent. So you can start with me there. So for us in the healthcare industry that are running our own practices, starting them up, kind of getting the ball rolling, I would tell you that Gene has been a wealth of knowledge for us. He's been a tremendous contributor. Thanks. We've really enjoyed having him here, Gene. Thank you so much for coming in and spending some time with us. I'm looking forward to chatting some more, and we're always here if you need us. Me too. Thanks Thank again you. for tuning in to the BHE podcast on Perfecting Your Practice. We'll speak to you soon on the next one. Have a great day. For episode notes and worksheets, please visit perfectingyourpracticetoday.com. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your peers. Thanks for listening to the Perfecting Your Practice podcast, presented by Bankers Healthcare Group, the leading provider of financial solutions for healthcare professionals. To learn more about BHG's working capital loans, business startup loans, credit cards, and patient financing, visit Bankers Healthcare Group. Dot com.